0: Om sahana vavattu, sahano ponaktu, sahaviryam Mavit te jasvi om shanti 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 Hari. harihi om, Namaste and welcome. I'm Alexandra Savitri Amba of the Vedic Healing Center and the American Reiki Academy. I'm a Reiki master of 33 years and a Vedic healing master of the last 25 years. I'm also a feng shui teacher and a spiritual life coach. In this show, we cover topics related to metaphysics, Reiki, Vedic healing, feng shui, based on my studies and practice in these disciplines. The aim of these shows is to help you create a successful spiritual practice that enhances your happiness, well-being, success, and productivity in the world so you may become the best version of you. Welcome to the show today. And as I said last week, I will be releasing these podcasts at least every Tuesday. So today is Tuesday. I'm recording this on Tuesday, and it will be released today as well. The topic of today's podcast is clear your clutter. How clearing your clutter will change your life. And in this show, I'm going to talk about how when we use the word clutter, we're usually referring to physical objects in our space. This is very popular. It's a very popular topic in organizational circles. You know, if you're interested in uh, getting your house in order, the first thing we do is clear the clutter. But there's a reason for that, that, that physical act, which I'll talk about. And also, in addition to that, I really want to talk about how we have other kinds of clutter. So there's the out Word clutter, the outer clutter that we can see all around us, and there's the inner clutter. And the inner clutter is comprised of thought forms, emotions, energies that may be positive and negative, but we certainly are complex beings and therefore. When we have so much in our space, it can become overwhelming. So you want to think about, in in the practice of spiritual growth, you want to think about getting rid of the things that do not serve you so that you can make room for more. So you will never be completely devoid of Energies. This would be impossible. We are fascinating, complex, complicated bundles of energy, and we must give some attention to the inner and the outer clutter in our space. So we have the space of the physical world around us—our homes, our cars, our closets—and we have the inner space. Our, our, again, our emotions, our thought forms, good and bad. Okay, so we don't. I'm not saying we're just going to focus on negative, quote negative, energies because we have an abundance of positive energies as well. What I'm saying is we need to create that space for creation. And in that space of creation, we, we will have the yin and the yang. So we will have, it is impossible to be rid of everything, quote, negative, we will be a combination of yin and yang, Shiva and Shakti, negative and positive. But as practitioners, we start to no longer view things as black and white. So even the so-called negative emotions in our being, they will still come up because why? We are human So it is natural to feel sometimes sad. It is appropriate to feel sad. When a situation ends, a relationship ends, somebody passes on, someone's sick, it would be inappropriate not to feel sadness. That would mean we have a degree of insensitivity. So as practitioners, we want to develop that sensitivity, but we don't want to let any of these energies pull us one way or the other in an extreme fashion. We want to meet life with a certain equanimity, a certain evenness. We want to be even-keeled, we want to be balanced. So this is one of the byproducts of developing a daily spiritual practice, meditation, yoga asanas, breathing, chanting, prayer, the reading of spiritual texts, journaling. So all of these things combine together and create balance in the energy field. Why do we want balance? We want balance so that we can handle our lives with ease and grace. So with that said, let us think about taking stock of our lives and Thinking about all the distractions we have and what we may be able to release so that we can think more clearly, focus our energies and ultimately be more productive. We are in these bodies and as long as we are in these bodies, we are creative beings. And the way we can create most effectively is if we are starting from a clear space. Again, I don't mean an empty space because we will never be completely empty, but at least a certain clarity, a certain calmness, a certain serenity, a certain peacefulness a certain contentment. And from that space, we can really be quite effective. So I would like to suggest that you take stock of your life and take on what I have called a seven-day challenge. If you are on the private uh, WhatsApp group that we have I did a little announcement yesterday. If you would like, if you are listening to this and you're not on our email, then please go to the website, which is reikiacademy.org, R-E-I-K-I academy.org, and please sign up on the email list because we're going to be doing some free events, and I will be happy to support everyone in these little challenges and events that we have, as well as, of course, we have classes and um, events for people who want to really deepen their practice. But we are going to soon start, very soon, a seven day clear the clutter challenge. And we're going to, in that challenge, take stock of our homes, our cars, and our internal spaces. Not only take stock, but make some movement here. I was talking to someone a couple weeks ago. She's a friend and a longtime practitioner of Vedic healing. And we were talking about physical clutter and an area in her life that she was feeling stuck in. And I said to her, what's on the other side of your clutter? So let's say we have, let's talk right now about the physical clutter. And then I'll move to the internal and mental clutter. So physical clutter. Let's say you have a space in your home that bothers you. It could be a closet. It could be as small as a drawer. It could be, it could even be your car, your car trunk, your car in general, the kitchen pantry, the linen closet, the living room. It could be your whole house. It could be the garage. So there are spaces, I would suggest, for almost all of us where we have many items and a very wise man once said to me this is very simple and I thought it was very brilliant and you might laugh at my (laughs) how I found this so remarkable but it was really a kind of epiphany for me he said I'm trying to remember how he said it but he said um when you get rid of excess items, you don't have as many things to put away, so you can organize much faster. Again, that may not sound so fantastic to all of you. You may find me very foolish that I didn't think of this sooner, but we were, he was talking about an experience he had where he was at a job and they had to come and check the space every day. And before he could work, they had to physically check and, and he had so many tasks he had to do to prepare the space. And he said, what he learned was the fewer the items, the easier it was to create order. Now, again, This is very common sense, but there was something in the way he said it to me, and this will happen to all of us, where you might hear something over and over and over again, and you hear it in different ways. And then all of a sudden, someone says the same thing to you that you have heard, and you get that aha moment. So if you're saying to yourself, I need to clear the living room, ugh, the dining room always has some... Uh, I don't know, some papers on the dining room table. If you're saying such things to yourself, I want to suggest that you simply focus on the idea that the space will be easier to organize when you have fewer items. Too many items creates more um, attention-grabbing energies. So we have we have um, currents coming out from our physical body. They're like energy lines, and sometimes we have too many lines going in different directions. You've heard the expression about cutting cords. Sometimes you have a relationship or a situation you want to uh, cut the energy, the connection with that person. Those cords are real. You have cords, like little currents of energy going out from your body into many, many things. So when your space feels overwhelmed, your body literally has uh, these currents, these, these, these lines going out into, oh, I have to clean my car, oh, I have to do that, oh, I have to um, make some food, oh, I have to put that laundry away. Now, women naturally are in charge of handling all those things. Our brains work differently from men. We need both the male and female energies, of course, And the male energies of grounding and focus are very important. And the women's energies of multitasking and taking care of lots of things are also important. But I want to suggest that you take stock of your space and ask yourself, what might be on the other side of my clutter? There's something waiting for you. There is something magical. There is something absolutely incredible waiting for you. If you can clear out what you don't need. Again, I've talked about the energy of Shiva, Lord Shiva, in the Hindu and Vedic teachings. Lord Shiva represents destruction, the destructive force. So we are... Constantly creating, sustaining energy, and letting go of energy. The day is born, it lives, it dies. So that death energy is the energy of Shiva. However, we must not let that word scare us, death. It is simply the destruction of things as they have been so that they may regenerate into something different, something new. The great prayer to Lord Shiva, the mom, Ritinjaya Mantra, asks that we dance through life with such ease. All of our problems, all of our obstacles, all of our challenges, with such ease Just like when a piece of fruit is so ripe, we barely have to touch it and it falls from the vine. So may all the occurrences in my life be that easy. The good and the bad. Let me dance through life with such ease. Just keep moving. And ultimately, that prayer also asks that we move through life and through experiences with such ease, with the ultimate experience being when we leave these bodies. And so there need not be any fear of letting go. I would suggest if you are holding on to things, there is a stagnation, There is a, and when I say you, I mean me also, it's all of us, because we're in these bodies, so we're all having similar experiences. So there is a stagnation, and perhaps there is a fear. We have seen this phenomenon of hoarding. It's a very fascinating phenomenon. And It stems from, one of the things it stems from, is fear. And so when people accumulate too many physical items, or you've seen people who have cars, at least in America we've seen this, cars that are filled to the brim with items, and you can't even imagine the person can drive in the car. It's a certain loneliness and a fear of being alone and these things are creating comfort but we know that things never create comfort that we can never take any of this with us when we leave so this idea of surrounding yourself with things you like things that bring you joy, things that are useful and needed in your life, but not too much. This is very important that we not have too much stuff. Now, there's another interesting phenomenon, which is, if you've ever heard this term, nature abhors a vacuum. So when you have an empty space, it's going to be filled. That's just the law. If you've ever noticed as you've moved from different places, you might have moved from a small apartment, maybe you lived in one room, and then you moved to a bigger space, a one bedroom, then you moved to a two bedroom, then you moved to a home. You fill up the space. So as you move, you fill that you probably wouldn't live in a home and have all the rooms empty. There's some reason you move to a bigger space. There's a principle in feng shui uh, that says, as you honor the space you are in, the space propels you to the next space for you, the next beautiful space that's waiting for you. So think about what is on the other side of your clutter. You may not know, so it may be scary to imagine because all the things around you are familiar. They provide comfort because you expect them to be there and they're taking up space and somehow they're giving you some sort of protection. But I want to challenge you to know that you are already protected you are protected by the energies of the divine and so the stuff the excess stuff is really not providing deep protection it's providing superficial protection but in the end we know the things do not matter so Let us look at what's on the other side of your clutter. You may or may not know. And if you don't know, it's an adventure. You're going to see what's on the other side. You're going to release in this seven day uh, clutter challenge that I'll talk about at the end of this podcast, some of the things we're gonna do. You're gonna see what happens in your life. What are those things you've been wanting to create or draw to you? Well, if you don't make room for them, if you don't allow that energy of destruction into your life, the new energies cannot emerge. So this is the notion of the Trinity, Brahma, Vishnu, Shiva. Shiva's energy is important. You let go, you release, you allow these things to move on so that Brahma, the creative force, can enter your life. So this is a little bit about physical clutter. Now I'd like to talk about mental, emotional clutter. Again, all of us have this. We will become aware of it sometimes when we sit down and meditate. When we sit down in stillness. When we silence everything around us. We will find emotions. We might feel lonely. We might feel sad. We might feel joyful. We might have thought forms we don't like. Maybe we have thought forms, again, because it's positive and negative. Maybe we just have lots of thought forms, even positive ones. And when you sit to meditate, you will observe this. You will observe the mind jumping from one thought to another. You might, in the beginning, sit in meditation and find you don't want to do it because your mind is telling you to do this, to do that, to get up, go to the computer. It's talking to you about all the tasks in your life. But as you move on your spiritual practice, as you commit to it, and as you do it over and over, and as you employ techniques, we must use techniques because they help us. As you do all this, the mental and emotional spaces become clearer. So again, you really never get to an empty space. You will never be totally empty, but you'll have spaces within, you'll have spaces of clarity and you'll have spaces that are, I don't like to use the word empty because it seems, hmm, I'm think, trying to think of another word. It seems, I was going to say negative, but it, you'll find spaces, instead of emptiness, I would say spaces of extreme stillness. Stillness. So it's devoid of anything but stillness. So I can't even call that space empty. Because the stillness, the peace, the serenity is still there. So it's not really empty. You will get to the space, to the point where sitting for your practice and I've said this before, is so enjoyable that you cannot imagine your day without it. So some of the tips we've talked about in the past podcasts are concerning creating the physical space that will support you in your practice, working with the right time of day, I say right because there are certain energies that are uh, available in the early morning hours that are very, very supportive to the practice, although we will do the practice more than one time a day. And eventually also we find that all our work becomes a devotional offering to the divine, when we get into the space of understanding that everything is done in service to this divine energy, even our work, even the most, um, you know, the work that you really don't find very enjoyable, maybe a mundane task, you find that's enjoyable because you're doing it in offering So we'll get into this more in another episode. But today, I'd like you to think about, if you want to do this, this seven-day challenge that we're going to have. And in that challenge, I'll be giving some guided meditations, some things to do to move energy, And I believe, not even I believe, I know each of us will have breakthroughs. Seven days in your life is not long to commit. If you do not create some kind of movement in your life and this is a way to create movement through a metaphysical practice if you do not what happens is you just allow life's distractions to keep pulling you along as spiritual practitioners we do not want to wake up late in life and say I should have attended more to my being, to my space, to my internal space. I let myself be pulled in many different directions and I always said, I'll do that yoga later. I'll do meditation later. I had a friend actually say, To me, a couple months ago, uh, something to the effect of um, he said that I'm trying to think of how he phrased it. That people in India, there there are different cycles we go through in life, you know, according to our age and so forth, and people in India don't turn to. The spiritual practice until late in life. He's right and not right. It's in the way he interpreted that. What that meant was late in life there will be definitely for all of us a degree of introspection. However, what I want to say now is why wait If you are a conscious, aware being, and you are because you're listening to this, you're interested in these topics, then you need not wait to embark upon a spiritual path that will change your life. This does not mean to withdraw from the physical world, to withdraw from your responsibilities, to withdraw from the work, the the physical work, the, the, the things you must do in your homes, in your families, in your relationships. It just means to incorporate this spiritual practice. You have forgotten whom you are. Each of us forgets. And then somewhere along the way, Something or someone wakes us up. You are a spiritual being having a human experience. I know many of you listening to this are, are, are already on spiritual paths and you have daily practices. So if you do, I encourage you to continue and to know that and to go deeper into that practice because you will have a responsibility to wake other people up on the planet. As you wake yourself up, you help others. And if you are not yet on a conscious um, daily practice, you are on a a conscious path probably because you're listening to this, I encourage you to start start this practice of going within. Somebody woke me up, something woke me up. Perhaps it was a book, perhaps it was a teacher, perhaps it was a modality, perhaps it was any of the amazing gurus I have worked with. And perhaps it was all of it. So all along the way, the divine is talking to you and saying, wake up, wake up, wake up, my child. Remember who you are. Someone asked Sri Satya Sai Baba once, Why is it that two people can go to the ashram, a spiritual ashram, let's say Sai Baba's ashram, and have these two different experiences, and I'll explain them. One person goes and sees Sai Baba once. Sai Baba was a highly evolved energy who had incarnated in our lifetime in a physical body some people refer to him as an avatar an avatar or a purna avatar A purna avatar it means um, the avatar the enlightened being who came here for this age during this age so Jesus may have been one Muhammad there were different enlightened beings who have walked on the planet so Sai Baba is uh, thought to be by many people the highest being who lived in a body during our lifetimes. Anyway, the person asked him, Why is it someone goes to your ashram and goes once and is transformed, and someone else goes? and isn't a very nice person and goes there year after year after year after year and goes back to his or her life and is still not a very nice person and yet has been going every year to a spiritual ashram. And Sai Baba says, it's a matter of physics. If you have this rock and this hammer and it takes exactly 21 blows to break this rock with this hammer at this particular speed, he says, the guru, the enlightened teacher, could be blow number seven, number 11, or could happen to be blow number 21. So sometimes, no, I will say, All the time, these concepts need repetition, but sometimes you really have that aha moment. You hear something and you wake up and it's not that that person may have said anything different that you hadn't already heard, but that person came to you at the right time and said it in the right way and something woke up inside of you. So my message today is to think about what's on the other side of your clutter. You know where that clutter is. Each of us knows. Physical, mental, emotional. We don't know all the magic on the other side. But pose that question to yourself. Ask God. What do you have in store for me? If I get rid of my fear, my anxiety, my worry, all the junk in the trunk of my car. This relationship that doesn't work for me anymore that the papers that are on the dining room table, whatever it is, and there may be many areas, and there are many areas for all of us. So we'll never get to the place of emptiness, but we will get to the place of peace, of serenity. And from that place, we will create magic. So I hope this has been helpful. I want to urge you to join my 7-Day Clutter Challenge. And if you are listening and you are not, uh, or you're wondering how to join and you're not a part of the community, please go to the website reikiacademy.org, R-E-I-K-I Academy, .org and just sign up with your email. I promise I won't send you too many emails. <laughs> this is really just about creating community of people who want to move forward in their lives with these spiritual tools that will absolutely transform you. Remember, the universe is like a buffet. You have so many choices. Every day you have choices. Choose wisely. Choose the things in your life that support you and bring you movement and nurturing. And commit to your own growth. As you grow and change, you become miraculous. You return to the energies that we all are, those energies of love and peace and happiness and just this, this that that French phrase that joie de vivre, the, the joy of, of living, you return to that energy. And there are many ways to get there the spiritual path will give you even its own mini buffet. So within the spiritual path, you have a buffet of things you can choose. Do not let it make you overwhelmed. You choose some yoga asanas, you choose some meditation, you choose chanting, you choose prayer. And even within each of those choices, There are many things you can do. So you choose yoga asanas and many, many different types of of yoga. Which one do you choose? You find the ones that resonate with you within meditation, different techniques, within chanting. We have so many different chants we use, but you find the things that work for you in the moment use them, master them and make them part of your, your, I'm thinking of the word, your, it's like you have a bag of, uh, I think about doctors when they used to carry those, those black bags we've seen kind of in old-fashioned days. So you have your bag of tools. You are a doctor of your own life. And you have a bag of tools that work for you to bring you serenity and happiness and peace. You are this doctor of your own life. And as you heal your own life, your own being, you serve as a doctor for other people to help them, to heal them. I hope this has been helpful. I wish you many blessings today. And I encourage you, if you're on the WhatsApp group, again, please just say you're joining this. And we will start the challenge in a few days. I haven't exactly started uh, decided on the day, but probably on Monday Sunday or Monday we'll start. and we're going to do this for seven days. So um, if you're on the WhatsApp group, please say you're in. And if you're not, then head on over to the website reikiacademy.org and just sign up on the email. Send me an email that you want to be included in this. And uh, we'd love to have you. I want to see what each of us creates. I want to hear something fantastic happened in my life when I cleared that pantry (laughs) or I committed to my meditation every day. So again, I'm going to have some different uh, guidelines for the challenge and I'll try to make it simple and fun. All of this practice of the spiritual path need not be complicated. It should be simple. It should be fun. It should be enjoyable because you are getting back in touch with this light, this divine spark, which is ecstatic energy. Return to this space. Each of us can. And then life becomes really a magical carpet ride. Still, there are challenges but the challenges don't create the stress any longer we dance through life like lord shiva tells us we dance we literally sing and dance through life i've told you before i'm going to end this because i know it went a little longer but i've told you before about the krishna mantra the that mantra was brought here by Srila Prabhupada and he asked that people sing and dance the mantra is very simple but it it creates happiness Um, one of the things it does all the mantras do different things Lord Shiva in his in this teaching of him is Nataraj Uh, Nataraj is the dancing Shiva so he tells us to dance through life to not take life so seriously Ganesh tells us the same thing to be easy with ourselves none of these energies of the divine are harsh there's no harshness on the spiritual path it's all light kind loving There's never any harshness. The world may have harshness, but as we return to our innate states of being, we have no harshness, no hard feelings, no hostility. This is the path of the, the yogi, the spiritual practitioner, returning back to our true natures. For there's only love and light for all. Home, Asatoma Sagamaya, Tamasoma Jyotirgamaya Hamritam Gamaya Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Om Sai Ram Om Amriteshwariye Namaha J. Guruji Hare Krishna Om Namah Shivaya